Looking to take your entrepreneurial skills to the next level? You're in the right place. Welcome to Just Take Action with your host, Joe McCabe. Hey, good morning, everyone. Episode, uh, I think episode 17 now of uh, Just Take Action. Uh, here with Bruce Waller today with Homefront Mortgage. Um, Joe took the day off, Masalta. And we're going to be talking a little bit about um, wholesaling. Uh, we get a lot of agents that join the company and say, oh, am I allowed to wholesale? Well, <clears throat> no. Um, and then we get a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of I buyer stuff out there. Now with Keller and, and a few other companies, Redfin, Zillow, especially. And they're expanding this iBuyer platform where they're basically uh, making cash offers on people's houses. And it's similar to the old, um, the reason I'm bringing both up is very similar to the old wholesaler postcard um, or uh, actually the type of real estate marketing uh, that some agents do where they say, you know, if I can't sell your house, I'll buy it. Um, and that's exactly what they're doing. So their whole idea is just to capture more deals. Um, Bruce, you know anything about wholesaling? On the real estate, yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with wholesaling. It's uh, going in and buying a property well below its current value, fixing the property up, and then flipping that property for a profit or holding on to it for long-term wealth. The challenge with that is it's how, again, first of all, let me, let me back up. I'm not a, uh, a tax attorney. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a financial planner. I'm not a tax person. Just, you know, so anything I say here is what I've learned on my own. Uh, doesn't mean it's guaranteed belief. Reach out to your people just to confirm it. But what I've been taught is when you do those kind of flips is transactional income and it's taxed as ordinary income. To me, uh, real estate right. is about um, growth. So buying great, fixing up and then holding on that puppy as long as you can because you get that depreciation uh, deduction on your taxes. What's more, you build that long-term wealth and equity. Well, yes, I'm familiar with it. Um, I think it's great, but I just, I think the way they're presenting it is dishonest. Yeah, I agree. I kind of run some anti-wholesaler marketing, especially in distressed areas, which, mm -hmm. is, which is something I'm running at Manioc because a lot of times what happens, unfortunately, is you know, the people who believe that, you know, these wholesalers never have cash, first of all, let's nope. put that out there. Yeah. You know, they never really have cash for your home. No. Um, it's a joke. They're lying. And they're not licensed real estate professionals, but they're acting like they are. Mm -hmm. And they're based. Yeah. Yeah someone's house under contract with money and that person's um can you hear me yeah you lost i lost you for a hey, second it's okay. uh, yeah i'm here all right yeah all right sorry guys i'm driving i'm driving today um <laughs> so they get that person's house under contract for like little money and usually it's someone who has zero knowledge of the real estate industry or you know a little old lady and now they've Got their house under contract as in profit, and if it even makes settlement, which I say that because eventually that per 
person is going to find out you're making a $300,000 profit. Um, it's going to be with tears and everyone's going to be upset and threatening to sue. And, um, you know, it's just predatory. Yes. There's people out there that do wholesaling. Um, I think for people that are in trouble and they're upfront and honest about it, but it's the, the, the structure behind it ideally is basically stealing properties from people. Like that's, that's the model basically getting them for dirt cheap. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of time it's, it's a, uh, attacking people that might not have any, any knowledge or anybody in their circle that could help them out with that. So they think they're getting a good deal. Um, and they turn, like you said, they turn out, turn to find out at the closing table, like what you made, what? So it kind of add to me, right. I think it hurts the real estate industry in a sense, in a whole for the people who are not doing it right. Because, um, like real estate is one of the big three in our country. The real estate mortgage market is a driver for our economy. And we, if anybody questions that, look at the world in 2007, 2008. So unfortunately, people who go with that kind of marketing um, are not coming from an integrity-based uh, point of view. And our agents that we work with here and all the agents at REMAC Experts, uh, that's one thing that we all have is integrity. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I always say, like, I'm not, <clears throat> when I go after the wholesalers, I'm not coming out of, at them in a place of, you know, I suck at selling and I don't know how to get deals. So I'm mad at wholesalers for getting them. You know, I, my, a couple of my first deals, I actually, two of them, I got caught up in a wholesale transaction. I didn't realize it. And I was given a listing and I was all excited. I had like six months of the business and they were $400,000 listings down in like uh, Lansdale or Downingtown. Well, a little while later, after I put the listing up for these guys who were out of Arizona, they told me they were their investment properties. I knew nothing about wholesaling at this time. I get a call from a little old lady and she is asking me to take her house off the market. Then her kids are calling me to take her house off the market. Then they're threatening to sue me. You know, they realized that uh, they, these wholesalers had gotten this house under contract that was worth 425000 for about ninety grand. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And that was, I mean, that was the money she was going to live on. That, that was the old American dream run down the equity in your house and then sell it when you're, when it's time to retire. And she wasn't going to get that opportunity, you know, if this transaction had gone through and it got to a point where, you know, technically uh, at, at Keller Williams, we had a contractual obligation with these guys, which is disgusting. And they were trying to uphold it and they were threatening to sue me and the old lady. Um, and luckily I told my broker, I was like, Hey, I think we should just take it down. And I know we technically have a contract, but something's wrong here. And I don't think any judge is going to say you didn't do your job. Keller Williams. Yeah, I agree because that's the integrity that we have here is you knew, although you weren't too schooled in the whole wholesale business, you knew deep down inside from an integrity point of view, uh, this lady was being taken advantage of and the right thing to do was to take it down. And I think any court, uh, would look at that and say, well, listen, Joe did the right thing. He might have had a contract right. with Kyle Williams, but he did the right thing. So tell me about uh, Kyle Williams. Are they still doing that kind of stuff now? No. Uh, so what Keller Williams is doing now is similar to the old, um, you've heard the marketing on the radio, like, hey, if I can't sell your house, I'll guarantee to buy it or whatever. Yeah, and like 96%, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's like a ton of um, – there's a ton of little fine print that, that you don't know about. And, but Hey, I mean, Hey, they they are buying the houses, I guess. But the point is that they're buying them for this ridiculous cash offer 
or hey, if you sell or finance it, here's the offer. Um, or if I can get a mortgage, here's the offer. And you kind of get three different options sometimes. Well, Zillow and Keller and these other companies are kind of making cash offers. And then when they can't sell the property, they list it. So they get free listings for their buyers. That makes sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's sneaky. <laughs> that, that's definitely... Um... See the thing about the, the thing about the real estate market is there's there's people that do things from a marketing point of view that have a good angle to get people's attention, but sometimes the execution of whatever they're trying to do doesn't have integrity. And not to beat a dead horse, but we're all about integrity here. Uh, about about integrity here. And uh, um, well, the agents that are here, we're always. Oh, I'm on the mortgage side, but they're, they're agents that we work with here are always on the side of the seller, trying to do the best for the seller, get the highest uh, possible sales price and the fast, po fastest possible closing, because I think ideally that's what the uh, listing agent's job is. Would you do, you'd agree with that, yeah. right, Joe? Right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think that the thing that's, that's interesting about this is they're, so they're obviously going to profit if they, if they flip the house, but... Mm -hmm you know, if they actually go in, do the construction, flip it. And if they don't, you know, they're doing a lot of marketing, negotiating, but I guess the whole idea is like, Hey, you know, there's, there's a lot of deals that do come through wholesalers offices, unfortunately, because people don't understand yes. and cash sounds like a great thing. And now Keller, Redfin, these other companies are jumping on that bandwagon. Um, and apparently this has been going on on the West coast for a long time. So basically though, they're using it to, to create, to get more market share because they're like, fine, if we do all this marketing and we can't flip the house or whatever, or even if we do flip the house, we'll just give it to one of our Keller Williams or Redfin agents. And I'm sure there's going to be a significant cut going back to them. Oh, the without, a doubt. Um, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah. And that's what they're, they're throwing their weight around basically is like, Hey, well, if we can't get more market share, we'll just go buy it. Yes. And they're going and they're approaching it from a point of view Oh, they're tapping into the fear or the frustration or the motivation of that seller because that person has to get out of that property and they're going in for the deep, deep discount, which now I, I can't say that every person who's a wholesaler in this country is not doing it the right way. Okay. That would be kind of, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, not right. saying that, but in the grand scheme of the mass marketing and the angles they're using, um, anybody understands the behind the scenes of it from the psychology, psychological point of view and psychology, it's, it's just, they're preying on the weak. Cause you're not going to send this to somebody that's been in real estate for 10 years. They'd laugh at it. You're not going to send this to somebody that's been in the mortgage right. shop for this long. Cause they were like, I know what you're trying to do and I'm not stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah and again, right. I think that's what it poisons the market because there's always the fear of this person's going to take advantage of me in the real estate mortgage market. Um, and unfortunately most people, um, that don't have the education, the knowledge and experience that we and the LOs and the team here of agents do, they fall prey for that. Um, and it's proof of that is the uh, Zillow, because Zillow, isn't Zillow doing the same thing right now? Yeah, and they're actually expanding into, I think Texas, uh, from, from what I understood on Pat Hyben's podcast, I think Texas is next and they're jumping in there in like three or four cities. So, so I guess, like, I guess that's the next, so that's what, so that's what everyone's kind of thinking now is like, well, if they're getting these listings, 
and they're not able to flip them, but they get this lead, what are they going to do with them? Well, they're probably going to switch to what Op City was doing, which is a referral fee based deal. And I think um, Redfin, or sorry, Zillow had started with it first with the concierge and the concierge had some issues and they kind of scaled back and then they started rebuilding it again. But then Op City launched their platform. And from the beginning, Op City was setting appointments for agents and things like that and taking a higher cut than you would normally pay just to get that lead. So instead of paying $50 a lead, you know, you're paying 35% per transaction, but they make the initial contact. So you have a higher close rate. Um, so it's interesting because what a lot of people are saying is there's more and more money going to be taken out of the realtor's pocket because they're all the companies are switching to this. Hey, we set the appointment for you type method. Well, that, that is, comes down to the onslaught and the attack on the realtors and real estate agents, uh, probably the last seven years, because what they're trying to, um, present, and I think it's gaining, uh, gaining momentum, which is unfortunate that the real estate agent on the, the sell side provides value, but on the buy side, it's like, they're nothing but holding your hand. And what most people yeah. don't realize is when people are buying a house, um, you just, you can go online, you can, you can check the house out. You can go to the house and you can look at it, but you're not looking at it with an agent's eyes. An agent has trained eyes. They know where they're, they're looking for specific things that could hurt you in their purchase or help you in their purchase. And you have to do this for a long time or be trained in this for a long time to be able to walk into a house. Cause you have an agent that's been in the business for 10 years and you have somebody's looking to buy a house. You have the agent walking there and they take notes. You have the buyers walking there and take notes. The agent's going to see a million more things because they're looking with a trained eye. Just like if I'm going to watch football and I've never played football before, never watched football and you've watched football for 30 years, you're going to see things and know things that I don't just because of the experience. So what they're trying to do, these big companies, they're trying to devalue the realtor and the real estate agent's value proposition to the buyer. And I think that's unfortunate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. It's true. And um, I mean, at the same time too, it's kind of like, well, you know, if I could close 30 leads and only give up 30% and they're going to they're going to just tell me where to go. Huh? I might do it. Um, you know, at the same time, I'm sure that's in some agents mindset. And I bet they know that because, you know, as an agent and a loan officer, it's like, how much bandwidth can we have? And even with the best CRM, you know, and in today's world with all of these leads, right? Like you've seen my lead database, we have 27,000 leads and we just had to bring on three agents to work them. And that's just mine. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> we can't, well, I don't know their names. I don't know who they are. I don't know why they're there, but I have them. And so like, they're kind of saying, well, we have billions of dollars. We'll just start a call center and we'll call them for you and just tell you when to show up. So it's kind of like, it does have its value. But is that something that we should be giving up? Probably not. We should be keeping that in-house and figuring out ways to make that work. And yeah. I think that's where we do a good job in getting agents, hey, here's the systems you need and here's how to scale your business. And I think we've done a great job of doing that at Remax and Homefront. Well, it makes sense because they're, they're, the model that they're doing, they're not pros when it comes to the real estate side. So take the same model they're trying to do. You do that in-house yourself. And you keep that 35% and that 35% goes to pay the people that are helping you and grow your business. That 35% goes directly to them. So to me, it's always better to vertically integrate as much as possible your business because you you get to, get to control the return on that those efforts and the return on the actual money. What's more, 
the, the, uh, there's no unintended consequences that are negative. The unintended consequences, even if Zillow and all these other companies had a pure, pure heart integrity that they were not trying to devalue the agents, an unintended consequences, they are. Period. With right. These models. So whatever they're, whatever they're doing, you got to do that in-house yourself because it's not like they can do it better than you. They're just the only thing they have right now is they have the big, they have a bigger bullhorn tell everybody what they're doing. But when it comes down to execution, I'd, I'd put a real estate team and a manager and somebody has been doing real estate for a while uh, over setting these appointments and having that done in-house compared to them dollar for dollar because they, uh, the in-house real estate people have that training. They just have call centers and they're not really about, they're not qualifying the borrowers, buyers, sellers, you know, they won't do that the same way that uh, somebody in the real estate side would. So to me, it makes sense to take that model and do it in house. So you, you get to control the message. That's another thing. That's a problem is when they're doing it, they're controlling the messaging. They're controlling what people are saying on the phone. They're controlling the value proposition. They're controlling the brand because they're branding themselves as the experts. They're not branding the real estate, right. and that's the challenge. Right. That's very true. That's very true. Um, yeah, that's interesting. And actually, on the Zillow topic, <clears throat> it's someone that you and I are actually going to do a deal with, which I'll tell you about when we hang up the phone, um, but an agent in their office for one of our branch offices in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And his company has 100 agents. And their mm-hmm. Zillow budget monthly is over a hundred thousand a month. Hmm. And his whole model is basically in that area. They've bought up every single market share for Zillow, kicked everyone else out. And that's his growth model right now. And I, I was thinking to myself, you know, that totally eliminates the, the ability for agents to even, you know, grow the relationship side of the business. I mean, they're becoming transactional where, you know, he basically created his own, his own call center, made them all 50, 50 at the same time. I don't know how he's profitable because you assume less than a 10% capture rate on something like Zillow and here that, you know, and in a small geographical area, I mean, I was down there this weekend and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a small area. Um, yeah, the, about a hundred thousand a month. But the problem with this is, and we'll talk about this, um, you know, when we get done the podcast, but I would, I would ask that, I would ask that person, what happens if Zillow unplugs? Right. And that's what I, I kind of hinted that to him. I was yeah, like, you like, know that there's changes, right? They, they, <laughs> like, um, there's they changes change one thing. Like there's in, in the marketing world, you have powerful buyers, you have pi- powerful suppliers. Okay. You have other competitors, you have pricing, you have margins. There's like, any time any person who gets a you know MBA in business, they talk about the five different factors that uh, affect the business, and the biggies are competition, powerful buyers, and powerful suppliers. So in his case, his entire business is built on a powerful supplier of Zillow. All Zillow has to do is turn the switch off, and his business implodes. Now I'm not saying right. that Zillow might not work for his model, but the best tables in the world have four legs, not one. If you have four legs to a table and you cut one out, it can still stand. You have four legs to a table, you cut out two, it can still stand. It might be shaky, but it can still stand. If you have one leg to a table and it gets cut out, what happens? The business goes bye-bye. Right. So I would be terrified. And that's exactly what I saw down there. I saw that as like when we, when we lost all the uh, mortgage call centers up here 
and yeah. we got tons of applications for Homefront. And I was, you know, and it's like, sorry guys, you don't have, you don't want to self-generate and you have no book of business. And when I was talking to a few realtors down there, um, and we're doing the deal with one of his big team leaders, not, not with the broker, but we were okay. talking to a few of their realtors and I was asking, you know, well, what do you, what's your business? Like, do you put these people in a CRM? Do you follow up after you close? Do you have any prospecting that you do besides Zillow? And they're like, no, over 50% of my business is from Zillow. And I was like, that's great. And so you're not even, this guy's buying you a hundred thousand dollars worth of leads and you're not even putting them in a CRM to follow up later. So they basically are 100% wow. transactional. Wow. Yeah. Which, so which means none of them have any marketable skills. And again, you unplug Zillow or that broker says, Hey, see you later. Or he's stopping the program and they're all screwed. See, that's what, that's, what's great about us is because we can go in that situation and show him how to develop a backend and how to um, generate uh, business immediately. Cause that database that he has of these people. Okay. Cause there's gotta be some kind right. of database on the loan side or the real estate side where 10% of that database right now needs to buy, build or refi every day. It's a guaranteed fact. Yeah. So we, that's the, that's the benefit that we provide. We can go in and have the JVs with these teams and show them other things that other people are not showing them how they can build the back end. Because unfortunately most people in the mortgage and real estate side are transactional and they don't understand the lifetime value of a client. They just see that commission as I made $6,000 onto the next. No, they should see that commission as I made $6,000 now. And then the way I have my system set up in the next three years, this person's going to refer me five people. So that $6,000 just turned into $30,000. And then every person that's in their business should be done that way. The lifetime value of a client. And that's why we are partnering up with people, Joe, and we're able to teach them this stuff because um, that's where the real business is. I tell people uh, it costs like $150 a year for uh, Amazon Prime, which to me basically is free. Um, so basically what Amazon is telling you is to keep you as a customer, their break even is $150 a year. Okay. But we all know right. that they're not stupid. They know that the money is not in the initial 150 that you pay up front. It's all the things you shop for throughout the year. Right. So we are, we all of us are a database for somebody or a database for our sports teams or a database for our TV shows. We're all a database. The thing is they know what they're doing and they're, they know the lifetime value of a client. Um, that's how we benefit teams and different uh, people in the business, we can go and show them how to do that. And the, but the thing is, Zillow wants you to be dependent upon them. Redfin, all these different companies want you to be dependent upon them because if you're dependent upon them, you can't leave or you can't grow right. the way they want you to grow. Right. So. And the truth is, you got to be the agent of everything. You know, you got to be the agent of your Starbucks. You got to be the agent of your uh, local coffee shop. Wherever yeah. you go, your gym. You know, you got to be the agent of everything, working every angle, referrals, prospecting, you know, just sold, just listed for sale by owners, uh, open houses, everything. You got to do everything. Uh, put your card on every damn little board you see. Um, and leads are great. You got to buy leads too, but you can't rely on them. Um, what about, what do you think about when does wholesaling or when does wholesaling become unlicensed activity? You know, because in my opinion, it always is from the start. And, you know, well, it, when it, does that become it unlicensed? Kind of, it kind of depends. Okay. So disclaimer, I'm not a real estate attorney. I'm not a contract attorney. Just put that out there. 
from my experience, when I first heard about and learned about the wholesaling process when I was in Las Vegas by a big wholesaler that was doing like 25, 30 wholesales a month, he, he told me and the people at the seminar and then the real estate attorney that was there, that as long as you had a contract with the owner of that property that says that you can buy the house at X price and or assign the contract to somebody else, and that was signed and dated by everybody, then technically while that contract was in force, you could do real estate agent activities. That's what I was told. Um, but I've yeah, also, I guess what's interesting, I've had other real estate attorneys okay. tell me that, that no, you can't do that because you need a real estate license and a listing agreement um, because you're doing a real estate or they call it real estate salesperson activity. So I honestly don't know which one is right, which one is wrong, but um, either way, 99% of the people who do it are not coming at it with integrity and trying to take advantage of people in a desperate time. They also, a lot of times after talking to them, I find out they couldn't get licensed if they wanted to because of their background, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that's part of the other reason. Yeah. And I, I think where the line gets crossed is like, let's say I sold you, I sold you a house and I was working with you as your buyer's agent mm -hmm. and you decide, man, uh, screw this. I, I can't, I don't want to buy this house, but you know, we're locked into the contract and maybe none of our contingencies are going to get out of it. Um, but you have an assignee clause. So yeah. on that one deal, you find someone to assign that deal to and they purchase the house. I think that's fine. But I yeah. think just like being a builder salesperson, just like being, your own, uh, like toll brothers, you know, yeah. for example, when you're selling or you're flipping hundreds of homes a year, or even, I would say even more than one a month, you know, if you start making this a monthly thing, well, then someone needs to regulate that because you're no longer just assigning one contract. You're basically a salesperson now. And in yep. Pennsylvania, at least, you know, a builder has to get licensed too. And yep. you know that you could go, you could say that's a for sale by owner. Yeah. But when you're doing 300 a month, you got to be licensed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like yeah. someone has to regulate that. And, um, you know, the other big issue with them is they have, they essentially have no fiduciary responsibility to anyone but themselves and they're not paying transfer taxes. And I yeah. know that I've heard that that's been an issue and a, a, something that maybe they're going to address in Pennsylvania. I hope they do. But when you go to these closings, it's a simultaneous close, you know, but the, the seller signs it over to the wholesaler, wholesaler signs it over to the new buyer, the end user. And there should be under Pennsylvania law, that middle transaction also triggers transfer taxes. Yeah, that's a good point. And we know, you know how Philadelphia is especially. So they, they come after every tax dollar of yours they can. So I'm right. shocked. I'm shocked. They haven't put something in place for that. I, I think someday there's going to be one swift decision. And they're going to go back 10 years and say, all right, we need, you know, a couple thousand dollars from every single one of these deals. And it's going to yep. implode the wholesale business. Yep. Because again, that wholesale business, a business in general is set up on one leg. You take yep. that leg out, yep. you take that leg out and you're in trouble. So, right. I mean, ideally to me, um, I like having the licensed part of it. Because one, it puts some onus on the person that just can't randomly do things that are not in the best interest of the client. 
two, yeah. it keeps out as much as it can the people that shouldn't be in the business that are going to do shady stuff because they have to pass all the background checks and the fingerprints and, and that. And number three, um, I know I feel better working with somebody who is licensed in whatever they're doing than somebody's not. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree. You have zero recourse against these wholesalers too. If you read the agreements, it's just kind of like, Oh, if we don't sell it, Oh, well, you know, like there's no deposit. There's really no contract actually, because I mean, there's no deposit. Well, there is nothing except the piece of paper. There is a deposit legally. You have, you have to put $1 down. Oh, first of all, I'm not an attorney. Yeah. Tax attorney. But when I was a lot of times these guys don't even do that. Okay. I was taught that they had to do at least $1 down for consideration to make the uh, contract in force. So there has to be some yeah. kind of consideration, but either way, well, if they were licensed, they would know that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically there is no contract. Um, yeah. A lot of times you see it and there, and there is no contract or they'll try to do, you've gotten these crazy emails like, um, Hey, check out this property. They don't even give you the real address because they know there's no real contract and they're trying to wholesale it. You get like 34 XX bridge street oh, and yeah, 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 yeah. they'll say, yeah. You yeah. know, make a 500% profit, yeah. uh, purchase for 50,000, ARV 900,000. It's like, where yeah. do you get these? It's the daisy <laughs> chain. It's ridiculous. What it is, is the daisy chain wholesalers that are sitting in their house um, in, their, in their basement um, with a, you know, old school TV, smoking a cigarette, uh, making right. no money, be, doing nothing for society, saying, hey, I got this email and I know this property so I can make a quick $5,000 if I hustle somebody. Again, this this, yeah, exactly. stuff, this stuff might have worked ten years ago, but with with the internet and the way the structure is now, people that are in that business know when you're trying to hustle them, and that circle circles me back to the people that get these postcards, get these emails that are not in the business, that are not as educated in this field, are easily taken advantage of. And again, if with regulation, right. that wouldn't happen. Right. Exactly. Would not. It's crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. There's always another scam going on. Yes, unfortunately, it's it's in this business we have to uh, deal with the fallout of all the shady people. Because uh, I how many right. I have so many conversations a day. Like, well, Bruce, how do I know you're not going to take advantage of me? And I always tell people you don't know. I said, but this is what you can do. Right. There's a, something called Google. Okay, you can go on Google, and you can type in, in my information, and then type in reviews. You see, I have nothing but five-star reviews because I don't take care. I don't take advantage of people. I don't scam people and I have integrity. Okay. So that's why I think the license that requires you to put your information out there so people can look you up and look, look up your, your reviews is important. But I don't know about you. How many wholesalers do you know they're going to put their information out there so you can find them real easy? <laughs> you know, nobody's, yeah. nobody's really None. <laughs> None. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's good stuff. I think that that's something that um, is valuable. I think that a lot of um, I think that a lot of real estate agents are brought into the industry and they're told that. And there's some companies out there, some real estate companies that are walking a fine they're freaking not. line, and yes, they are wholesaling. Um, they are wholesaling deals on top of sales, and they have people who literally sit there all day and prospect, and they will either wholesale that listing or they will. Um, you know, sell it themselves if they can get the seller to do it. But then that becomes a net listing, in my opinion. And that becomes something that's illegal. In I'll say that's illegal. Other states. That's illegal. Yeah, in PA, it's illegal. Some states, you can get away with it. But, you know, it's, 
I hate it. I honestly hate it, and I think it's terrible. It's a terrible thing to do. Well, I think it really um, comes down to, like, the, the, the main thrust of this podcast episode is about truly caring and doing the right thing for the buyers, for the sellers, for the market, for your, for your third-party vendors, always doing what's best for them, and then all any, any of our JV partners is always doing what's best and doing something that you know is truly going to help the client. And usually when you have that license and, and you know they understand you have that fiduciary responsibility, even if you don't want to do it, you still have to do it. So I think that's why the license right. is important. And what they're trying to do is focus more on profits than on doing the right thing. And I think if you run the business the right way, again, with Amazon, you can make massive amounts of money per second, which I think that's the American, American dream, your American, American way, freedom, make as much money as you possibly can, but don't do it by screwing people. That's all. Yeah. If you make a million dollars every second, but you're providing value, you're not screwing people, that's your God-given American right to do what you want to do as long as you're doing it for the, and you're providing value and helping people and doing right by them. Yeah, right, exactly. And I love the returns process too. Approved, too easy. Money's there before I even send the item back. Yeah, but again, they know <laughs> they know that they're that they are their whole. He his he was always Bezos. Was his? I remember watching an interview of him in like 1999. He says they're relentlessly, obsessively focused on the customer, always doing right by the customer. And I'm all about you, but what Amazon and Apple probably have more money than our damn country right now in cash. Yeah, right. <laughs> Quite right. scary. But just to think about it, if every decision they make is always for the best of the customer, if that was the case, and most of the people doing these businesses and the different real estate companies, they wouldn't do it because it's not in the it's not in the it's not doing the best and doing the right thing for the person that wants to sell or the person wants to buy. So, right. And, and eventually, the right. uh, the walls will come come tumbling down. Yeah. With you there, that's happening for sure. Yep. So, well, Remax stuff. experts and Homefront Mortgage, we're integrity based. We always do right by our clients. Um, and you can find us online Google Home, Home Remax experts, main offices in Maniunk on Main Street, and Homefront right next door. So, you want to buy, Perfect. sell, refi, or build, call Joe, call Bruce, call one of the people on our team, and we'll take care of you. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for listening again. Um, we're not sure why we want five-star reviews, but if you can leave us a couple, I guess that would be good so more people can find us. Um, the show's been trending actually quite a bit. We've got a lot of listeners. Um, but, yeah, reach out anytime. The main office number is 267-520-3711, and uh, we'd be happy to help, mortgage or, or real estate side. So good luck, everyone. Get out there and kill it. It's Monday. Uh, enjoy the week. Okay, take it easy, guys. We'll be in touch next Monday for another episode. Bye now.